Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Mike Hill Show with West Coast Preps, and this is the Halloween edition. I'm Mike the Incredible, live and direct, coming at you on this uh, Sunday, Halloween, tomorrow. It's uh, October 30th. Uh, this is, uh, I believe it's week uh, week 10 of the Mike Hill Show, covering high schools, football in the Bay Area. Um, I got the minion right here, somewhere in this uh, inflatable. Go ahead and step in front of the screen. Take a step to the left. All right, now back on up, back on up, covering up the screen. There you go. Somewhere in there, my boy Amari uh, rocking out. So we're going to get into it uh, really quick, and we're going to go into the uh, top 25 of the West Coast Prep rankings. And doing a little research, it looks like four – is it four teams, Amari? What we got? How many tallies? Four teams lost. All right, right on, sir. Um, we got four teams lost in that top 25, so it's going to be some changes in the top 25. And if it's not, then I don't know what to tell you, but I got a feeling it's going to be some changes in that top 25. And then let's just go through the uh, top three. It used to be top three, but now it's the top four, right? Because then it's getting a little murky at the top. But the number one team is uh, Sarah. Sarah played uh, SI. What was the score in that game, Mari? 21-7. to 21-7. to Sarah wins. They are 9-0. But I guess uh, SI gave Sarah the, the toughest fight thus far. Uh, SI did beat Mitty, who they were projected to lose to. They went out there and got the dub on that one. And they gave him a fight. It was a close game. Um, I believe it may have been 7-7 at one point. Um, but the end score was 21-7. Alex Atkins, I think he had three interceptions. Man, so... Uh, it looks like a, a closer match, so maybe the, the score didn't really tell the tale in that game. So Sarah's number one. I'm pretty sure they are stand number one. Who we got at number two, Mari? Pitt. We got Pitt, the Pitt Pirates. Uh, they went out there and just did what Pitt does. What was the score in that game? 43-7. to 43-7. Let the incredible get some incredible water. It was what? 43 to 7. 43-7. Pitt takes care of business. They will stay at number two, the number two seed in that. And then we got the number three. We got my boys at Daylaw. When Daylaw, that game, what was the score in that game? 27 to 7. Hey, you got it's good to have minions. I only watched the minions a few times, but they do what you want. So what was the score in that game? 27 to 7. What was it 21 to 7 or 27 to 7? 27 7. What? 27-7. All right, see, minions do what you want them to do. So now I got minions, man. So 27-7, uh, and I think it was 7-7 seven seven at halftime if, uh, if I checked the score right. And then uh, it was a hard-fought battle, and De La Salle pulled away in the second half, and they would probably stay at the number three. Then we got we got Mac House. What was the score in that game, Mark? 60-8. to 60-8. That's called a smackdown. Mac is just doing what Mac does as they get ready for the Silver Bowl. Which should be coming place in a, uh, coming uh, fourth in a couple weeks. Maybe it's this week or next week. I got to check the schedule and uh, we'll see who they play uh, pretty soon in that OAL playoffs. But they'll always, it'll all lead to McClymans versus somebody. Will it be Oakland Tech? Will it be Castlemont? Will it be Freedom, Skyline? Who knows? But it for sure will be McClymans. And as we move forward, what's next on the notes, Mark? We got SI dropping out of top 25. SI was the number 25 team in the West Coast Preps top 25. They took an L to Sarah, but do they drop down? So do, do they drop down because he lost to the number one seed or do you stay there? 
I don't know. We're going to find out. And who's that next team come knocking? Does 8-1 Christopher get in? Does 8-1 Christopher get into the playoff? Christopher out of Gilroy. Uh, they are 8-1. They're a big-time team. They made the CCS uh, Division Three Championship last year. We played them when I was at Cathedral. They have also qualified again for the playoffs. I think they may be in D3 again. Um, so does the 8-1 Christopher, they might be the Panthers, the Pumas. I got to figure out what they are. Do they get into the playoffs? We will find out. And I think the rankings will drop soon on this Tuesday. But we'll take a quick break. My man probably can't breathe in this uh, costume. And we'll get back to you. Mike Hill Show, West Coast Preps. Hey, we back now. You see me here, damn it, Mr. Incredible. Let me, let, me, let, me let me let you. Let me tell you what I'm listening to. Let's get it in. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's move on to the uh, game of the week. The games of the week for the previous week. I had Sacred Heart versus Menlo Atherton. Sacred Heart Prep. SHP versus Menlo Atherton. And then I had, a, what was the other game, Ari? Lincoln SF versus Washington. Lincoln SF versus Washington. So let's just go ahead and uh, get into the first game, which is SHP versus Menlo Atherton. Um, it looks like SHP, the Gators, took the PAL Bay title. So they um, they are 8-1, and 8-1, and, and they got to come on and play the Menlo Knights in this rivalry this week. I'll get back to that in a little bit. Uh, but they did clinch the PAL uh, Bay title, and that will put them in the Division One playoffs for the CCS. So, I'm not sure where they're falling at CCS uh, playoffs bracket, but they may be like three or four seed. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later um, as I talk about the uh, brackets and projections, and then that'll lead into the next show for next week uh, with a special guest. So let's see. What was the score in that? Did I write down the score in that uh, SHB MA game? No, you did not. No, I did not. So I did not write down the score in that one. But um, – and it's, I think it was 35 to 14 SHP. And then we boogie down to the city. Uh, we had Lincoln versus Washington. What I thought was going to be a real good game. I thought Washington was back. Um, I thought they was going to give a, a hard fought battle to uh, the reigning area champs, Lincoln. Um, they they switched back and forth between Lincoln, SF, and Balboa. But uh, I thought Washington was going to just give a better fight. You know, but I did hear from a good source that they had a lot of injuries. Um, so that, that played a part into the game. And then also, Lincoln scored four times on defense. That's plus 28 points, right? Plus 28 points. You can't turn over the ball. Can't You know, you, you can't do that and try to win games. So that was my game of the week. Lincoln, Washington, SHP, SHP and MA. So uh, we're going to go ahead and move on. Um, to next, man, I got a nice topic since I got the minion here still. I got a nice topic. And then uh, this caveat from caveat from last week when I asked, does recruiting your backyard help with fan attendance? So that means having players on your roster that are from the local area. Um, so if you, for example, if you are a Bay Area team such as Cal or Stanford or San Jose State, which are Division I football programs, 
recruiting players from the Bay Area, from California, does that help with attendance? Let me ask the minion. I don't know if this is credible, but do you think, Minion, that if you recruit players, the players on your team are from like the Bay Area? So, for example, if they San Jose State recruited players from San Francisco, Oakland, Fremont, Fairfield, Morgan Hill, does that help get fans to go to the game? Yes. Yes. So the Minion says yes. And I have to agree with the Minion. I feel like if you recruit your backyard, it's more likely to get more people in the stands. But I'm not saying this is fact, but say, for example, like me, who's a coach, if I see players on the roster that I may have coached against, that I may have trained, that that my buddies, that from my buddies team that I haven't, you know, haven't coached against, I might be like, hey, let me, let me, let me pull up to the game. Let, let me see what they got, you know, what they got working. It's just local talent. And then even if you don't know him, you can be like, hey, he went to such and such, you know, he went to um for for example he went to valley christian or he, he went to um you know even like menlo atherton or whatever south city high school the home of the warriors the legend mike hill but so things like that man so i think it definitely helps so i did a quick review of um of some teams in the bay area um that were you know recruiting their backyard if they do or don't and I think there is an exception to national teams. National teams don't have to recruit their backyard. Some teams that just came to mind when I thought about that was Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, maybe even Clemson, uh, Tennessee. Teams like that don't necessarily have to focus on recruiting their backyard because they're just so well known. There's going to be you know kids from all over the country that want to play for these programs. So, and I think they have uh, winning traditions and cultures. And the more uh, winning you do, the better attendance is, right? So there's there's different there's different um, I don't know ideas or points that can help to um, you know boost fan attendance. So as I dove into it, let, let's just take a wild guess. Let me ask the minion: How many players out of a hundred out of a hundred do you think? On the Stanford roster or from California, out of 100, how many do you think? Uh, Take a wild guess. Maybe around 60. Round 60. That answer is way wrong. And if I had a buzzer, should I get a buzzer? So Stanford has about 23 to 26 players. I counted 23. A different uh, 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 source said 26 players from California. And if I'm not mistaken, it may have been one or two players from the media Bay area. There's a few players from Sacramento. There's a few players from Fresno. So um, that's all on the speculation. Um, but they also have up to, I want to say what I read in the article. Now don't quote me, things can change and you know, the sources may be flawed, but undergrad or, or students from Stanford, they have up to 8,000 tickets for free for, for, for students to attend. Now, just imagine if 8,000 students or even 4,000 students attended the game or in the student section, just going bananas and then making it hostile for the visiting team. That would help, man. But I also, which was also pointed out to me um, just a few weeks ago when I when I made this tweet and the Stanford alumni and everybody was DMing me, telling me that Stanford is an international school. And I understand that. So it's an international school. 
So students may not gravitate towards football. They might not even like American football. They may not even know what it is per se. Like it's just not one of their interests. So that also plays into the factor of a, a fan attendance. If you don't care for the sport, why show up? But what I will say is in an article that was pointed out, the student section will turn out if the teams are good. So good teams will lead to good attendance at Stanford, right? So they start winning some games, get back to those days when Christian McCaffrey, and let's shout out Christian McCaffrey while we're here. The man had a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown. And this is second week with the team. He done did all, plus 21 points for the guy, Christian McCaffrey. So shout out to him. So, I mean, they had plenty of good teams, man. Like, uh, they, they won some Rose Bowls, and I feel like it was packed, man, a, a while ago. Few years ago, I took my son to the Cal versus Stanford game, and it was packed. It was fun. So I guess may maybe winning winning would help. So this is a stat that I saw online: the average attendance for the 2021 to 2022 season for Stanford was 35,684. Let me tell you, bud, it ain't no way. It ain't no way it was 35,000 people in there. There's no way. Now, people may buy tickets and you may give away tickets and people not show up, et cetera. But those pictures did not look good for the Stanford Cardinals, man. And I'm no way hating on the program. I'm just stating facts. I'm unbiased to any program. You know what I mean? So I'm just stating facts. So the estimated average was 35,684. And you tell me if you believe that you have saw on average 35,000 fans at the Stanford Cardinals game. I do not know. Mindy, you all right in there? Yep. Mindy hanging on in there. Um, so let's move on. We got Cal Berkeley, the Cal Bears. Maury, let's take a let's take a guess about how many players out of about a hundred, give or take. I'm sure it's, I think it's about 108, the actual total uh, for a roster at the Division One level. How many players from Cal Berkeley? And we've been to Cal. We went to camps there. We went to the spring game. Um, we went to a, we went somewhere else, right? We 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 love Cal football, so we go over there. Oh, we went on a recruiting trip um, with uh, with Cal. Mike got to check out the facilities, meet some coaches, meet Coach Wilcox and his staff, and we did that with a seven on seventeen program, Team Highway Four that I was uh, that I'm affiliated with. So, about how many players from Cal Cal do you think are from California? Approximately, I'm gonna go down on this one. I'm gonna say. Around maybe 28 to 30. So, you know, flip the script. He said 28 to 30 for Cal. And that's complete opposite. You should have went 28 to 30 for Stanford. But Cal has a, give or take, man, I got 2020 vision, but my eyes get blurry when you got to keep floating up and down that screen. But I counted 59 players from California on Cal attendance. I mean, on Cal roster. And they also have low attendance, right? I mean, I'm sure they can get some more fan, uh, fans in there. And one um, one per, one Stanford supporter said, well, Cal ain't getting too much more fans than we are. Maybe it's true. And we'll have to look at that. And that's a, this is a Power 5 school. So let's just take a look. It looks like uh, did the minion go up? No. Deflating? No. No. It ain't sounding too good, my buddy. Man, this Halloween costume costs 80 bucks. I'm gonna make him wear it today, tomorrow, 
maybe even the next day, right? Since man, this costume costs like 20 bucks, right? Like, you know, let's just do some math. So the minion is still alive, he's still inflated. You alive? Yes, I am. The minion is alive. So let's just get back to it. So looking at the stats, um, it said that the average attendance for the Cal Berkeley football game was between 35,000 and 42,000. Do you think that's true? Minion? Uh, yes. He says yes. I say hell no. I ain't seen thirty-five thousand or forty-two thousand in there on average. There are some games. There are some big games where people do pollen too, but we're just talking about on average. So I don't know if that's true, but I don't know how all ticket sales and all that thing is generated. So I do not know. But but if they got thirty-five to forty-two thousand people that pay for a ticket or whatever the case may be, knock yourself out. But I will say though, if we look back in the glory days of Cal. When they're getting back to the glory days, trust me, they're getting back to the glory days. When Tepfer was the head coach, who's now the head coach at Fresno State, when Tepfer was running the show, that was like 2002 to 2012, the stadiums were full. They were packed. They hit their mark every time. Like It, this, it was crazy. And I've been to a lot of those games, and we're talking about well, Marshawn Lynch, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, um, Jordan was one of the receivers, like um, Forsett. And I'm just naming a few that just riddle off the top of my head, man. We had a uh, Bishop playing linebacker, my boy Desmond Bishop, who went on to go play for the Packers. He played for the Vikings, played for the Arizona Cardinals. So they had some guys there, and they were winning some games, and they were high. And I think I remember they had Tennessee come down back, come down out here back in the day. They beat Tennessee uh, with Sean Jackson at receiver with the crazy pump return. Those those stadiums were packed. I mean, it was packed in there. So um, winning does help. Um, uh, recruiting focus helps, right? And I think that, that Cal is starting to switch the tide and get back to recruiting their backyard, man. So that is impressive. You know, I love recruiting, and I love seeing these kids get the, the opportunity to change their lives. So in the last one, we got the Spartans, baby. We got the Spartans, and I love the San Jose Spartans. Out of 108 players on the roster, Minion, how many do you think are from California? And I think you need to up the number from, from, from uh, yeah, for Cal and Stanford. So what are we working with? All right. If I'm going to up the number, I'm going to go out of 100. I'm going to say 75. Higher. 85. Higher. 95. Higher. 100. 100. You hear me? That's 100 players on our – you hear me, Minion? I hear you. That's uh, 100 players on the roster at the San Jose State roster that are from California. Now, they do have, you know, a few transfers from different places, but it's 100 players. And that also leads to good attendance. Mario, we went to uh, the San Jose State game, right, first uh, first uh, Western Michigan. Was it packed in there? Yes. It was packed in there. It was packed. Was it fun in there? Yes. It was fun. The environment was fun. That's when they wore the all-black uniform with the black helmets. It was great. The environment was great. They were doing what they had to do. So as I'm looking at the uh, average attendance, well, they have a much smaller stadium than some of these schools, but they also are a group five school. They're not a power five school. Man, did you get them? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the hands are... Um, so they got a different attendance, but they they average 
over 15,000 fans, man. They average over 15,000 fans. And in order to, we're going to clap it up on that. I forgot on the honor of Spartan. So, in order to, uh, you know, I seen the thing that to be uh, a Division One program, you got to average about 15,000 fans. If you don't, you are subject to be dropped down to a lower level. So, they got about, they got, they average over 15,000 fans. They recruit their backyard. Coach So is a recruiting magnet, getting players from all over the Bay Area, SoCal, and San Jose State is playing some good football. They will contend for that Mountain West title. So shout out to our hometown Spartans. Let's clap it up for the Spartans. So and I put in my notes, if we think about real friends and fans attendance, I think San Jose State will, will they can compete with Cal and Stanford as far as attendance, man. They 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 bring them out in San Jose. You know, the band's there, the student section is there. And then you also see the different families. You see kids and people from all over, former coaches. There's a connection to the San Jose State program. So shout out to the Spartans. And I'll move on to one of my other favorite programs. We got the Sac State Hornets. Let's count up for Sac State. Sac State is the FCS Division 1AA, as also known when I was playing ball, 1AA program. The Sac State Hornets, they played Montana just not long ago. And uh, Menlo's own Ty Richardson, who's a dynamic athlete, uh, defensive back, and play offense. He can do it all. We like Ty Richardson? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We like Ty Richardson. So he went on an unofficial visit on a game day invite to the game when uh, Sac State, I believe they were ranked number three at the time, played Montana. And they had over 15,000 people at Sac State. And the FCS, and they are winning. And they, they play some good football. And I was just talking to a good friend of mine who was over here today. Who was at our house today, Mark? Coach T. Coach T. Coach T from TMP uh, did a home visit with your boy, stopped by and kicked it with me and my fam as we watched the 49ers game. And me and him talking. And we're saying that the, the, the Sac State staff, their name is buzzing, man. But they may have some opportunities to move up to a group five division one FBS program. So um coach T came over and let me just highlight TMP and the program that they got going over there. You got the notes still, Minnie? Yes, sir. Under TMP, how many players do they got in a excuse me, in the NFL right now? Plus 25 players. So that's over 25 players in the NFL right now. And how many players have they sent to a division one? College for two hundred and fifty over two hundred and fifty. So shout out to my man, Coach T. Terrence TMP Mafia Seven Hundred Seven Elite. Uh, they stretch from Sacramento all the way down to the Bay. Um, one of my good friends in, in this in this coaching game, you gotta have mentors. You gotta have people that you trust. You gotta have people that can teach you the game, man. So Coach T puts me on game all the time. If I got questions. Um, I need answers. I can depend on him to come through, especially with his recruiting. Uh, he's a former high school coach and a hot name. People still want him to coach high school now, but he's focused on his brand, which is the TMP Mafia Elite 707. I think this season is going to be a big season. Bouncing back after the COVID year, they cooled off a minute, and now they come back and be better than ever. I'm going to just name a few players under the TMP family that you may know. From the Bay. Have you, Mari, have you ever heard of Najee Harris? Yes, sir. Steelers starter running back Najee Harris is a TMP elite. Have you ever heard of um, a running back from Cincinnati, the Bengals named 
Joe Mixon? Yes, sir. Joe Mixon and the TMP Mafia. So they got so many players. Then we were just watching the 49er game today at the house. And they, he had three players that he was affiliated with TMP. With either he coached them uh, under his coaching staff, under his umbrella. It was three players just on the 49ers. Right? Like, man, that's impressive. So shout out to TMP. Shout out to what they're doing. Shout out to the 707 program. And thank you all you do with this mentoring with me. So I got to give Vinny a, a break for you to pass out and die in this uh, in, in this costume here. So we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back with the Mike Hill Show of West Coast Preps. When we come back, we'll get into that question of the week. We'll get into the Menlo recap. How did the Knights do this week? And then we'll get into game of the weeks. And then we'll get some announcements for, for next week. So stay tuned. Mike Yo Show, West Coast Preps. Let me get back to my seat. Uh, got the Halloween theme going on. Well, let me fix the skull, baby. Come on now. Come on now. Come on. Now. Got the skulls rocking and it's on and popping. So let's move on as we went through up all the, you know, the recruiting, uh, re recruiting your backyard and band attendance and things like that. So let's pop off to the, uh, Question of the week. I was do the question of the week. Just reverse the order a little bit. Question of the week. Do rivalry games matter? And a hundred percent. This is the first time there ever been a hundred percent one way vote with any of the question of the weeks that I had. Does rivalry games matter? And a hundred percent of the people said yes. And I agree with him. Rivalry games matter. It doesn't matter what your record is. It doesn't matter who's better, who's worse. Like when it's a rivalry, people play with passion. People play for other people. People play for players prior to them. Fans come to the game just because it's a rivalry, right? Like it's so many dynamics to the rivalry game. So rivalry games matter 100%. And as I think about a rivalry um, that I've been a part of, the South City Warriors versus El Camino Colts. In the bell game. And I'm going to be there this weekend. My schedule is packed for this weekend, but I'm going to make it work. Uh, there's some players that I train uh, that are playing in this game. So I told them I'd come to this game. And also, I'm just a South City, South City Warrior boy, right? So I love South City football. Um, so I'll be at the game as they play off, they play. And both teams are winning, man. I think going into this game, the teams are six and three, both six and three, which is amazing, right? Given that these programs have been down, we got Coach Frank Morrow, my co my coach, my head coach, back uh, running the show at South City, and after being uh, after having countless um, losing records, Morrow Frank Morrow was back, and they are six and three, and they play. El Camino, and just like with SH and SI, if you ever went to one of these schools, you're never going to choose the other. So it's always going to be South City Pride. It's always going to be that. When I was in high school, it was a lot more names than that. We we, we dropped mixtapes uh, before the games. Uh, the rallies were crazy. We went to parties with each other, like getting football players. We was talking mess, and they was talking mess, and it was fun, but we all knew each other. And but we wanted to win so bad. So when it got between those lines, 
we went hard. And after the game, you know, we friends. Like, we probably went to the same uh, Bell game after party, wherever that may be. And I remember my first Bell game party when I was a freshman, and I was just a little pipsqueak trying to figure out what high school is like, man, but I'll never forget it. But that's rivalry week. So let's shift gears to Menlo rivalry week. We play Sacred Heart Prep, which is right across the yard. Um, the Knights will play the Gators in the Valpo Bowl. Um, this will be my first Valpo Bowl, and I'm excited. Everything is buzzing uh, on both sides. There's tailgate parties. I'm sure for both schools, it'll be packed. People are coming back for this game. So the Valpo Bowl is big, and Menlo won it last year. Um, and then now we got to defend that. We got to defend the trophy, right? We don't want the Gators to take the trophy. And they play some excellent football, man. They play some great football. They'll be going into that game eight and one, uh, knocking off some big time, big time teams. They just won the PELP. So they got to be ready to go. But I'm going to tell you one thing. We ain't getting ready to lay down. But like we don't come ready to fight, ready to battle. So you can bet that our coaches be ready to coach their butts off. So I won't use any profanity. Ready to coach their butts off. Our players gonna give everything they got, and we're gonna go battle SHP versus Menlo. So that is the rivalry for you know for um for this week. And then let's just talk about Menlo football. I gotta show love to Menlo football, man. Like that's the home school for me. Uh and then we pulled off a big win versus Berlin game on Thursday night football. Let me drink, let me drink some water on that. A little parch, but big win versus Berlin game football. Um, that was a Thursday night game at Berlin game coming off the short week, and we pulled it off 21 to 7. And at halftime, it was zero to zero. It was a defensive battle. They going back and forth. Our defense blocked two field goals. They played lights out. And then in the second half, our offense got it going and we put up some points. And that was Clinching a playoff berth. So we had West Coast Preps there. Chris was there live giving updates. And Chris, oh, yeah, I almost forgot, Doc. I almost forgot. You were the person who picked Burlingame over Menlo. Now, I'm going to have to always make you eat your words. So you can bet against me. You can bet against Menlo. You can bet against whatever. Don't do it unless you want to get your money took. And I'm sure everybody's going to pick SHP coming up this Friday. But, hey, you never know. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to have these boys ready to go. Ain't no if, ands, or buts about it. We bought the coach. We're going to coach coach, as they say. It's going to go down. So, Chris, don't be picking other teams against your boy. I thought we were friends, but that shows like they unbiased, right? Just because we're friends and we talk. And um, we work together uh, with West Coast Preps in this podcast. Don't mean that they just going to pick my school just, just because I'm coaching there. No, nah, man, people got different opinions, and, and, and it is what it is. And even uh, Cal Preps picked Berlin Game, but shout out to Cal Preps. Um, but the Menlo Knights came out on top 21-7, baby, and clinched that playoff bird. And as you know, as my good old – uh, one of my favorite players used to say, anything is possible once you get to the playoffs. So the CCS playoffs are coming. 
in two weeks. We clinched the berth. Where will we be in, in these seedings? We won't know until the Sunday after this uh, forthcoming Sunday. I think that'll be November the 3rd when the brackets come out and see where we at. And then once you get to the playoffs, we know it goes down, right? You just got to be one of those each week. It ain't about what you did prior to that. It ain't about none of that. You know what I mean? It ain't nothing. One and oh each week. And as you chase this first, this first round game, second round game, the CCS championship, the NorCal championship, and the state championship. So it's finna go down. You know, Menlo Knights get ready to fight because it's about to happen. But let's just go highlight some players from the Menlo. Menlo squad versus Berlin game. Our quarterback Jake Bianchi, 2023, uh, threw for 365 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, that performance, he did have one uh one minor inter interception late in that in that first half, but bounced back and threw for 365. Uh, we got our tight end court Hazley one for 167 yards, two touchdowns. Tackle for a loss, a sack, and a forced fumble. You hear me? So the boy went crazy. Then after the game, Court hopped on that plane and shout out to North Carolina, to Raleigh, to check out his future program, the, the North Carolina Tar Heels, where he'll be attending and playing next year. So he went out on a game day visit to see the atmosphere, and that probably just confirmed even more so how much he loved. he can't wait to be a Tar Heel. So let's shout out to Court on this excellent performance. And then we got my man, Robbie or Bobby, right? If you want to call him Bobby, you can call him Bob. If you want to call him Rob, you can call him Rob. Um, he balled out this game too. 71 yard receiving. He had a big time, like 60 yard catch, call back for a holding penalty. Um, we don't talk about officiating, but hey, so he had 71 yards um, and a touchdown. He also had an interception. With a tackle for a loss and almost 10 tackles. So, man, that dude went to work, Bob Enright, who's a stud and a scholar athlete. He texted me the other day that I think he had a 4.2 GPA and a 34 SAT. Hello. The boy's a genius. So he knows a lot of things. He can play both sides of the ball. He's a sterile athlete. He also has offers to play at the college level. So shout out to my man, Bob Enright. As we move forward. We got to shout out the defense. We got to shout out the defense, the middle of defense. And I got my daughter here who just woke up for a nap. Come on, baby. Come on in. Watch out for that water there. Oh, don't step in it. Come here. Come on. She was a cheerleader. She was a cheerleader. She was a cheerleader last night. Right. And we got the blue on. Yo, we rocking the blue and white. So say hi, Ari. Say hi, everybody. Hi. Hi, everybody. What's your name? My name is My name is Ariel. Ariel, how old are you, baby? Three. She's three years old, and she's here. And she, do you like football? Yeah. She likes football. She'd be wanting to watch football. I'm trying to get her to watch cartoons, so she'd be locked in. And now that uh, high school flag football has been certified, you know she's gonna be out there on the lines. You gonna play football? Flag yeah. football, and you gonna cheerlead, right? She's going to do it all. So my baby, Arielle, is woke up from a nap. Uh, um, this costume, even though she changed to it, she wore three costumes last night. We had a Halloween party, man, with our family and our friends, and it was enjoyable. 
Uh, what were you last night? What's your other costume? Isabella, Isabella, and Elsa, and a cheerleader. And what you gonna be tomorrow? The rainbow. Yeah. It's gonna be a rainbow tomorrow, and then you gotta go trick or treating tomorrow. Yeah, with her friend. With her friend. Okay, she got friends that she's gonna trick or treat with. Well, uh, I'm about to figure that out. But you know, once I get out of practice, we got practice tomorrow. And then I'm shooting directly to the cheerleading. I mean, not cheerleading to the trick or treating spot, and we're gonna go knock on some doors. Go knock on some doors in our community. Might stop by our Graham's house. We're gonna go to Graham's house. Yeah. Graham's. Might go to your grandma's house. Grampy. Might pull up over there. So we are gonna be in there traveling all over. Leave my mask alone for you get hit with this supersonic, incredible um, um, power. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. See, like incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and real quick, let's shout out to the defense and a couple of players that I can just riddle off. I can really riddle off the whole Menlo team, man. But some people that pop out is Chris Dial, receiver, went in there. He, I think he had four or five reception and just kept he catched the rock and kept moving his stick. So shout out to Chris Dial. Then we had uh, Aaron Chin went in there. He went in there and bought out calls and passes, man. So he battled an injury early in the season. He's back. So shout out to I call him Eron, but shout out to my man Eron. Then our youngster Nick Sacco had to step in uh, due to our our, our running back uh, Ty Richardson had a minor injury, but he's back for the Valpo Bowl. So let's get ready. Marty. Yeah, Marty's at the game. Did you go to the football game? Yeah. What's the name of school? Minla. Yeah. Okay, you went to the game. Then we got Nick Sacco went in there and played really good. And then we got Charlie King, number two. He's one of our top receivers that just continues to light it up week in and week out with amazing plays on both sides of the ball. So shout out to Charlie King. And then we got a lead kicker named Ross, kind of like Tucker from the Ravens, man. He went out there and kicked the ball well, PATs, um, touchbacks. He's good at onside. So shout out to everybody. Uh, Avery, Ralston, you can name it. I keep going down on and on and on. Ari and Max. Let's just keep it pushing. We got Trey. We got Parker Brown. We got Parker Ashton. Brady and Kyle. We do got a Kyle at the football game. We got the youngster, Kyle and Haffey. We got um we got so many players, man. Uh, my man Willis is uh battling injury, he'll be back. Um, we got Harry Hauser. Uh we got so many players, man. I can keep on reeling them off at the top of my head. I try to build a relationship with each and one, every one of those players. And then as we come through next week, I already got a question of the week. Uh, it started our practice on Saturday, so I already got a question of the week. You just wait for it. It's coming. And that's a great question. But really quick, let's end this off because we got to eat. My baby is tired. Are you tired? She said, no. Are you hungry? You want to eat some food? Okay, she don't want to eat. She eat when she want to eat. Um, anyways, uh, Mr. Incredible is back. So we got the game of the week. So I went North Bay, South Bay, East Bay, and in the West, I consider it. In the West, so I try to pick it. So for the for the South game of the week, I got Palma versus Salinas, and that's also another game that's over there. I got Terranova versus Half Moon Bay, but for the Terranova versus Half Moon, and that's like West Bay. I'll give that to the West, but Terranova it was out of Terranova versus Half Moon Bay and uh, South City versus Elko. That was the West Bay games, excuse me, and I picked South City Warriors. 
versus Elko in the Bell game. So we'll be there live. I might bring my family down there. We'll be there. And then in South Bay, the South Bay game is it was Palma versus Salinas, period. There was no other game that were even close to even being in the mix. So Palma versus Salinas. And then we got uh, for the uh, East Bay, we got Liberty versus Heritage. That's the battle out there in Brimwood and Oakland. They'll go ahead and get after it. Two great teams to go ahead and battle. They got dynamic players. The running back Rivers uh, over there from Heritage. The uh, quarterback Bale over there from Liberty. So it'll be a good game there. And then the other one, and I, I picked this one as a game of the week for the East Bay. De La Salvers, Clayton Valley. Let's get a hand call for that one. All right, just uh, clap it up for that. Clap it up for that. Clap it up for that. So we got De La Salvers, Clayton Valley. That's a big time game. No playoff implication and see where you land. These teams have all won, um, you know, division titles and went on the state. Clayton Valley's won state. De La Salle is, is a powerhouse. So Clayton Valley versus De La Salle in the East Bay. And then the North Bay. This one was a little tricky. I don't really know, man. I'm trying to get a little bit better versed with the North Bay. But Marin Catholic versus San Marin. The private and the public ballot it out. That's going to be a good one. And then we got Carl Newman versus Windsor. And Windsor's playing some good football. So, I don't know, man. I'm going to have to go with Marin Catholic versus San Marin as the uh, North Bay game of the week. So, I picked four this week. So, four week, and we'll see how they do. And then let's just talk about the Hill family. You know, a couple weeks ago, we took some L's to have, like the Halfland Bay Coastside area. I lost as a coach to Halfland Bay Cougars. My son lost as a player to the Coastside Cougars, who are from Halfland Bay. And then the 49ers lost. But this week, he got a little better. Mari's team is, is done. So they, they let's just consider that a bye. So, and then Menlo won. And the Niners won. Or Niners? Yeah, we go to so many games. But did the 49ers win? Yeah, 49ers won. Christian McCaffrey did the did the food. So shout out to that. So the Hill family had a good sports weekend. We had a good Halloween party. And we will get ready to go trick-or-treating tomorrow. But let's just quickly look at next week. It's a big week in CCS and I believe in the NCS as well as um, it may have came out, but I know for the CCS for sure, the playoff brackets are, are now it's coming out. I'm going to try to get my man, Coach Chris Anderson, out from uh, the Salinas area to come down since he, he's really fine-tuned with this uh, bracket. And then, you know, he can release his prediction of, you know, where he sees fit. So that'll be released. CCS playoffs bracket announcement will come next week, and I'll go to everybody in that CCS playoff from Division One through Division Five, and then uh, we'll get it in the Los Angeles or the SoCal area. Brackets came out. I'll listen to the podcast today. Come on, baby, God, please, you got that COVID? Just kidding, we ain't got COVID. We take COVID this, but um, I listened to the LA release date brackets um, today. Um, division one, and they went all the way to like division 12 or 13. Like, whoa, they got a lot of teams out there. So, we'll see how it all adds up. Who will be playing in state? I know that division one bracket in LA had Mar Day, Long Beach Pally, Los Al's, um, Bosco. Um, it was loaded, it was absolutely loaded in that bracket, man. So, it's gonna be some good football. We'll see who carries who floats up to play the NorCal teams in that state championship. If I'm not mistaken, the state championship will be the second week of December location I do not know yet but yeah which one's it
Okay, he's trying to tell me a secret, but we'll see how it all plays out. But once again, man, this is the West Coast Preps Mike Hill collab podcast. And I'm glad that you decide to spend a little time with me and let me jibber jabber and talk about what I feel like is important, even though it may not be that very important. But I appreciate you taking the time to listen to us, to listen to me. I have my kids out here today in this Halloween edition. So let's say bye to the people. Bye, people. We will see you next week and go Menlo Knights. Mm-hmm.